Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the third episode of Deconstructing. This month, community manager Megan Everett sits down with audio director George Spanos and sound designer Eric Preston to talk about the process of sound production and design in Warframe. So wherever you are, grab some coffee, sit back, and enjoy. And welcome back to the Deconstructing Podcast. I am your host, Megan Everett, and I am joined by... George Spanos, audio director on Warframe, and I've been at DE for 1,300 years. No, 13 <laughs> years. Wow. Uh, my, my name is Eric Preston, a senior sound designer for Warframe, and I've been here for over four years. Can you do that in your Batman voice? I'm Batman. Four years, Warframe, Eric Preston. <laughs> do that backwards. Sound designer, senior. <laughs> senior. <laughs> Sound designer, senior. Yeah, I'm old. I'm All right, so old. 13 years, four years, four, four plus, years. 13 plus. Yeah. Uh, what were you doing before working at DE? Well, I, uh, I worked in the advertising industry for about seven years doing uh, post-production work. So I would record voiceovers. I would mix television, radio commercials. I would do some sound design. I did some short film. I did some albums. I did a bunch of a little bit of a little bit of everything before joining DE. Similar to George, um, I was in TV and film for uh, ten years. Um, sound design, recording voiceovers, mixing, and doing some music here and there. Is there anything that sticks out during that time as a good memory? Um, yeah, one of the things that stuck out for me was the first film that I got to work on, which was Saw Seven. Saw, you worked on Saw 7? Saw 7. Yeah, that was fun. So it was the first time I got to work on like a, a biggish kind of yeah. movie. But yeah, all, all along the way, there was great memories of meeting people and working with different different types, voiceovers and directors and producers. And I'm going to yeah. presume that it was like gory sounds you were working on for some. Yeah, gory sounds and screams. and oh, Yeah. You get used to it after a while. <laughs> yeah. I am yeah. desensitized. Yeah, it just yeah. all turns into tomatoes and oh. s- carrots cracking and stuff. So. Was that, it was the vegetable route you took to the... Always, always the vegetables. Always veg- you don't yeah. do a pudding or choking like, yourself in oh, the yeah, garage like George? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's some pudding. I, I do the choking thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's gonna be in a good way. That's going to be edited In a good way. No, that's not that. Actually, my first, the first show that I ever worked on I was an assistant sound effects editor for uh, Must Be Santa. Ooh. Oh, wow. So that's my claim to fame. It was a CBC special. <laughs> that's amazing. Must Be Santa. Yeah. <laughs> was that's it a, a lot more joyous. Than, it was. It was very joyous than Saw 7. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like a kid's thing with, you know, I don't even remember the premise, but she had to find Santa or something. It was a long time ago. Yeah? Yeah. This was last century type of thing. Last century. You're a dinosaur. (laughs) I'm a a dinosaur. (laughs) So your first day or week here at DE, what sound do you remember working on that was your first for Warframe? If you can remember that far back, George. Well, yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, when I first started here at DE, we weren't working on Warframe. That's right. We were working on Dark Sector. Mm -hmm. And one of the sounds on Dark Sector that I remember having the hardest that took me forever to make was the sound if any if, if any of you have played that game uh hayden was the main character in it 
and he threw a thing called the glaive, which is what we have in Warframe mm-hmm. now. But this was like, this is OG glaive. So, uh, and I remember I tried a whole bunch of different sounds for it. Like what, what, what would make the sound of blades spinning in the air? And I tried just, uh, I tried like knives and, and kind of just editing them and cutting them up close to each other so that they sounded like they were swishing through the air. That didn't really work. I tried uh, a whole bunch of other things. And then the thing that ended up working for it, funny enough, I had these little bowls, these little metallic kind of, they're called singing bowls or like Tibetan bowls. Oh, is that where you like mm. rub the inside yeah, of it? Yeah, you can rub the inside of yeah. it and it makes like a, a note and it's, mm. it's, you know, it's used for meditation and that kind of thing. But what I did with it was I spun it on a wood surface. And so it made this with a bit of a metallic sound to it. And that's the story of how I came came to across the glaive sound, and that's one of my earliest memories from DE was having the challenge of doing that, and then uh, yeah, and then and then coming up with that. So yeah, that like was mining for a jewel. Yeah, well, and that's that's sound design, right? Like it's like you gotta you gotta chip away at things to kind of uncover the the true essence of it, and sometimes where you start doesn't you don't end in that same place. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that was one of my earliest memories. Absolutely. One of the first sounds that I did, I remember when I got here, was probably about a month in. And I apologize for anyone who liked the original sounds, but uh, it was the power-ups. Oh, the energy and the health yeah. power-ups that I ended up... Like the pickups. Like right. The pickups, yeah, 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 that I ended up redoing. Um, and that was an interesting challenge. That was the first sound that I ever made for video games. Mm. Um, so if you listen closely, there's still some of the original stuff uh, peppered in there. But uh, yeah, that was, that was the first thing that I cut my teeth on here. Do you remember your first sound that was outside of computer sounds, like having to do a bowl on a wooden surface? Yeah, totally. The first sounds outside of that would have been all of the ambient sounds for the uh, Grenier Ocean tile Very set. Nice. Yeah. So we actually went to a pool, and we were, ended up recording horns underwater and splashing. <laughs> That's right. Um, and that, that was like a, a day long of just recording these organic sounds in a pool. Mm. It was freezing cold. And it was so cold. One of one of uh, it was four or five of us at the time, I think, and, and one of the other sound designers on the team. Uh, he, we had this like little mixer, like portable hand blender thing, you know, that you'd use to blend in a cup or whatever, and that you'd plug in. And so he's like, "Oh, let, let me put that in the pool and just see like what the sound of the blade is in the pool." So we're like, "Okay, cool." So he does that, and then I noticed that he's plugged into an extension cord, and the extension cord is slowly moving to the edge of the pool, oh and I'm like. <laughs> And I, it was one of those moments where I ran and I slow grabbed motion, it. It was slow yeah. motion, and I pulled it out of the way, and and it was like, ooh, yeah, that's too close for comfort on that yeah. one. Bad news. But, but the things you do for your craft, right? <laughs> the things we do for Warframe, yeah. for all the players out there, we we, we put our lives on the line <laughs> regularly. Regularly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I do have some questions from our actual players. I asked them on Twitter, um, so they'd have a few. So I'm just going to go through them. Someone on Twitter wants to know, how are the spoken languages of each faction created? Yeah, well, that's that's an interesting story, too, actually. Um, I forget when this happened. Probably 20, later part of 2013, the Grenier used to just speak in English, and they kind of had some funny phrases, actually. And I know some of you out there want to, want to bring those back. Maybe we'll do that <laughs> one day in a special pack. But we wanted we wanted to make them sound... Uh, different and guttural and meaner and so one of the ways of doing that is is to me anyway as an English speaker 
is to have um, hard sounding letters and hard sounding uh, like phrases uh, for the enemies to say. And so what we did was uh, Steve actually developed a, a script, a Lewis script, where we can type in the sentence that we want the enemy to say for Grenier, let's say, you know, uh, attack or whatever. Uh, and then we can choose certain consonant pairs and vowel pairs to make it sound more guttural. Mm -hmm. And so we set that all up. And then now you just type your phrase in, you hit enter, and it spits it out in Grenier. Ah. And we have a similar one for the corpus. And so it they all follow that same kind of language convention. And it, that's why if you hear some some phrases like attack, for example, in Grenier's ataf, mm. If whenever you hear that, it's going to be consistent. Anytime a Grenier says attack, it's going to sound like attack. And so, uh, actually, an interesting story about that is that's how Clem was born. Get Clem, yeah. Get Clem, because get them, translating to Grenier, is get Clem. Oh. And so, someone one day that's heard great. it and was like, who's this Clem Data guy? Reaper, yeah. yeah. Data Reaper was the one who drew up a comic of this Clem character, yeah. and then he was born. <laughs> yeah, so that was kind of cool, actually, when that happened. It's mm -hmm. like... Is, is like it came from from the Grenier language so mm -hmm. yeah you can translate it all technically yeah that's technically you have some time you, on your hands and you can do it in reverse and I think yeah. some people have done that actually so I saw a spreadsheet once where someone had uh, figured it out really yeah someone posted it on Twitter or something at mm -hmm. one point and then infested is obviously just gargles and infested weird. is all the saw seven sounds <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't tell them no, don't, don't tell them Warner Brothers don't no. tell them yeah. 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 who else yeah. we have Cetus, which is an English language, which yeah. is just voice actors. Yeah, most of the time now, what we do is is we is is we we get people to speak in English at this point because that's the other thing too. I think for us, you know, and obviously as English speakers, I think you it resonates more with you to hear it in in that language and you know what they're saying. And you know, Warframe has come a long way in story and character development. And so back in the day. It was more about creating a vibe for the enemy NPCs to have, but when you want to tell a story, it, it helps to, to, for it to make sense in mm -hmm. that respect. Mm -hmm. And that's why Vor, again, as a lot of you will remember, Vor used to speak in Grenier, mm -hmm. uh, but now he speaks in English, uh, just because it got to be annoying to hear him in <laughs> transmissions speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though you have the translation, I think if it's something that's in the forefront, mm. it you kind of need to. It needs to make sense in that respect. Well, to Thor's monologue is one of the most popular memes. Right. Have you seen that? I don't. Which one? The his is the corrupted war when he talks about like come to this place. You think you are pure or whatever right. he says. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, that yeah. giant section of his monologue is on like knowyourmeme.com. Is it really? It's huge. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. there okay. was actually a. I don't know. It might have been you. It might have been someone else. But in today or in this week's update, there'll be a fix for him um, not saying his monologue, and people were very upset about it. So he got funny. fixed. To be added. Thank back goodness. In. Yeah. Thank goodness. Keep, yeah. keep the meme alive. Keep honestly. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, what inspires the theme of the tunes, the lore of the enemy, or the feel of a planet? What are the inspirations behind those? Yeah. So we look at a lot of the concept art. We look a lot of a, a lot of sort of what the level designers are doing, and we kind of get a vibe for a feel for what it's you know what the tile set's going to be about. You know, like Orb Vallis, for example cold it's desolate it's windy a lot of blue a lot of gray for us that meant electronic and more kind of hard and 
angular sounds, whereas a lot of the Grenier music in the game is more orchestral. It's, 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 it's a little more kind of not futuristic technology, but, you know, current day or older technology kind of a thing. And so that's also what we do with the weapons sound, uh, weapon sounds for any of the factions is we try to keep keep it you know corpus stuff is very high tech and grenier stuff is more more organic and oily and mechanical sounding and so that kind of feeling and methodology goes behind music and sounds and everything depending on faction and depending on planet mm -hmm. um so yeah and that's 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 the basic kind of idea behind it mm -hmm. yeah yeah, we think through it quite a bit, and we iterate a lot on it as well. Usually, the first pass is not what you, what people end up hearing mm -hmm. in the in the final the final game. So, and it usually evolves as well with with the art and the other departments as as things happen and things change. We we sort of change with it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's like a long process. Uh, there's a lot usually lots of discussion. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a you know it's it's always interesting whenever there's a, like a dev stream. And it's like a work in progress. It's always like, oh gosh, what, you know, <laughs> just cringing what, in the background. Yeah, no. what state is that thing in, or mm -hmm. whatever? And because um, you guys are working on so much, and then it's like, oh, we're going to show this part that's obviously not released yet. Totally. And it's like, have I had time to touch that yet, or totally. to work on that? Yeah, and and a lot of the times, it's kind of like it's it's not at the place that you want it to be, right? Yeah. And so things change. But I think people understand that. And they understand that. Work in progress is a work in Six progress. Six years in, Absolutely. they better understand that yep. this is a work in progress game. Exactly. Yeah. Part of the charm of it, I think. Yeah. I yeah. agree. Absolutely. Do you guys have a favorite uh, theme of anything, like Orvalis or anything like that? Favorite theme? I love the Grenier. Yeah. I really like the Grenier. I think they're just a solid package altogether. The music and the voices and the... It's just such a... It's just such a solid uh, identity that they have mm -hmm. and such a unique look as well so yeah I'm a, I'm a big fan of of all that is Grenier mm -hmm. yeah I'm a I was a big fan I, I am a big fan of of, uh, of we all live together actually oh. the song that Keith oh, wrote you know I think for us that was such a big departure and we were a bit kind of I don't nervous isn't the right word but sort of like you know, when you're trying something new, you're like, is this going to work? Like is apprehensive. Apprehensive. Is this yeah. going to be the right thing? And, you know, when he wrote it and we listened to it, we were like, man, this is going to be really cool. Um, and and I think for us, too, anything that kind of has lyrics behind it really carries weight. And I think that really that was a first for us, you know. Um, so, yeah, that for me is, 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 is a proud moment, I think. Uh, it's something I, I never get tired of hearing, so... I remember when we heard his first demo, it was just him on the piano, right? Yeah. Ooh, um, very I would love raw. to hear that. We have, yeah, oh, we that'd have. That'd be so yeah. cool. Yeah, we, yeah. And, and if Keith will let us, yeah. <laughs> maybe we can play it. It was only the first part of the song, too. Mm. His, like, kid was crying in the background. <laughs> yeah. he, Perfect. He, it was, it's literally the name of it, the file he sent me, when you record, like, I guess on the iPhone, it's like, it was called home.m4a. You know, it was like, just like, whatever, just, and, and he must have set, the, he set his iPhone down and hit record, and he's like, playing on the piano, and he's like, here, here's a melody, what do you guys think? And we're like, oh man, that's awesome, mm -hmm. let's develop that, let's make that into something. Um, and then the lyrics kind of just came together yeah. for it, and kind of worked out really well, um, and I think that's, that's one of Keith's strengths, is, is matching music to lyrics, um, which isn't mm -hmm. easy to do, um, yeah. 
And I remember when he sent the, it was almost, I think it might have been the final version. It was the first time that I'd heard the lift when oh. the arpeggios come in yeah. and, and it takes off from the, the beginning of the song. That's my favorite part of the and, song. And I read, yeah, I remember hearing that and like getting insane shivers. Yeah. And I was like, it's okay, there's something's going on here. This is special. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially really if you cool. can make like a sound team that hears yeah. sounds all the time, work on them, give yeah. you guys goosebumps, then you know it's gold. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. It, it. I remember before I'd even heard it, I got, I got a message saying, you're going to love it. It's literally like an opening to Frozen, like yeah. the Disney movie. And I was like, I'm sold. I don't even care what it is. Yeah. Like, we're turning into Disney and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Actually, Frozen was one of the kind of like uh, uh, song, the, the, that song, the worker song mm-hmm. in it was, we looked at that as, as one of the kind of inspirations for it mm-hmm. and wanting it to feel like, like that kind of choral kind of piece. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So you kind of, uh, George, you talked about the glaive being one of the hard sounds that you had to do. Are there any other sounds that you recall, both of you, that were super challenging to do? Mm-hmm. It's always the short, small sounds that are the short most challenging. Small. Like the, the things that you just... Like they're really quick. Just the, su- the, the sounds that you hear over and over and mm. over, though, and they're very short, those are by far the hardest. So mm. like the hit notifications, mm. when you shoot somebody, getting that sound right is extremely difficult because you hear it all the time right um and even then right we we put in an, a, a toggle so you could turn it off if you don't like it <laughs> yeah. i makes my heart every single time you guys have to put in a toggle to turn your sounds off well, it's, it's like you know you, here's a sound that you're going to hear sure. for yeah. hours especially mm-hmm. if you play a lot you're going to hear it for a very long time mm-hmm. those are always the hardest sounds for me for mm-hmm. sure they take a long time and it's because as soon as you hear something on repeat all of the flaws start to become extremely apparent sure. so it's it's like you have to you have to file it down it's like it's like crumpling up a piece of aluminum and then just and then just rubbing it until it's this smooth ball this mm-hmm. perfectly smooth ball it takes a long time sure yeah yeah it, it's funny because like especially if it's something you that you need to communicate an idea with that players need to hear and be aware of but it can't be annoying and and one thing that i i just remembered right now is the shield the shield down and shield up sound which i think some people probably hate and yeah (laughs) gives me anxiety but i I like it yeah but like i think i worked on that for forever to get to that point and it's such a short sound right i mean it's like they're what maybe half a second to a second for each and i went through so many iterations of it and i don't know it's not probably still not the best it could be but it's one of those things that's like well how do you communicate to players what's happening probably during a really intense situation so there's a lot of other sounds happening how do you make this sound kind of cut through and let you know what's happening and not be annoying and so that took a long time to work on and 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 to get and again it's a short sound Mm -hmm. aim gliding and Mm -hmm. bullet jumping Mm -hmm. i worked on those and i worked on those forever simple just simple sounds now that you hear and you're like whatever but i tried so many different things for those it is it's it's the sounds that are the shortest that you think are the simplest sounds are actually the hardest like creating sounds for warframes it's hard work and it's 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 intense but i think that's on a it's on a different level Mm -hmm. you know because it's sort of like once you figure out the sonic palette of a warframe you kind of go down that path but 
I don't know what it is. There's just something about the shorter, simpler sounds that are harder to harder to make and take the most time. I remember spending a lot of time on the headshot sounds, mm. yeah, and a lot of time on the on the on the kill shot sounds is the sound that you make when you just kill a guy. Those take forever to do, yeah. especially because. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but different factions have different headshot sounds. Because Corpus, you have the helmet, Grenier. Well, uh, Corpus and Grenier share the same sound. They share the same. But if, if you do a headshot on like a MOA or you kill a MOA, they're right. slightly more mechanical than, mm-hmm. than uh, organic. But that's another thing too is you don't want to make too many variations either because you're communicating some information. Mm-hmm. So you want to use a sound that people are going to learn. And if you have too many different ones, then it sort of takes it from, ah, oh, I got a headshot too. Was that a headshot? Right. I don't know. So it's it's that tough balance of like, the same sound over and over, but trying not to make it too annoying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and then it becomes almost musical too sometimes, because yeah. then you have like you know, bah, 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 you know, like you're shooting a you're shooting a guy and you're hitting him, mm-hmm. you're hitting a metal surface. You don't want it to feel like you're playing a keyboard or whatever, <laughs> but you want to communicate the idea, mm-hmm. but you don't want it to be sound repetitive either. Yes. So it's a challenge for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious about Wisp. Because she has yeah. some really interesting sounds. Is there any behind-the-scenes info on how you did Wisp sounds? Yeah, Eric, Eric's been working on Wisp. Oh. And he's, Wisp uh, Man. Yeah, 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 Wisp Man. The Wisp is all... Well, we did a first iteration that that, that was never heard on live stream. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first iteration was much more playful and tonal. And it ended up just not fitting and, and suiting it very well. Mm-hmm. So we went back to the drawing board. And we went for a more um, like raw raw in your face approach with it so we have this weird blue tube in my office <laughs> and if you make sounds into this tube it, it makes all these weird whispery effects okay. um so i used a lot of that that tube actually most of the sounds that you hear in there are are, are me and doing in the blue tube, tube. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course you know you reinforce them with other with other sound mm-hmm. effects like uh like snuffing out a candle and like uh uh, matches being lit and little tiny things like that that when you feature them or you put them up against you know some cool effects they take on a completely different sound than than what it actually is mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's, a lot of it's that the tube the blue the tube, tube. Yep. <laughs> and that's the thing too I think that's an important thing for anyone out there who's starting to do sound design you know it's a this is a perfect lesson of like don't think that you need the most expensive equipment or that you need to layer tons of sounds sometimes it's just the simplest things it's the blue tube you know or whatever <laughs> because something that it's all about getting the unique sound and something that hopefully we haven't heard before and those sounds exist all around you and you just you just have to kind of open your mind to them and try different things and, and mm-hmm. see what you can make some of the best sounds that's how they're made mm-hmm. it, like if you know the simplest kind of elements go into some of the most interesting sounds absolutely um you know and you time stretch it or you pitch shift it or you do whatever to it and you get something really unique and different that way um yeah thank you for listening to the deconstructing podcast and thank you very much to george spanos eric preston thank you for joining me today you guys are amazing and i'm excited for the new sounds that you put into warframe yes we are too. <laughs> Bluetooth. <Woo>. Bluetooth man. I'll insert a clip of the Bluetooth. Yeah, there. exactly. All right. Finito. All right. Yeah. All right. Thanks, uh, guys. That was that fun. Was great. Yeah, that was good. I learned so much. Thank you for listening to the third episode of Deconstructing. As a neat little tidbit, 
just after we recorded this podcast, the sound team won the Webby People's Voice Award for Best Music and Sound Design. Congratulations to the Warframe sound team on their win. Tune in next month for another episode of Deconstructing.